Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. NFL Trend Zone podcast. I am your host, Dustin Baker. I'm here with Wes Johnson and Jason Bowen, the usual guest, plus Cody from Texas. That's Cody Spears, one of our fantasy football gods, gurus, and brains. He might become a regular guest for us. And then we've got a couple other folks joining who will introduce themselves as they join. And we are going to talk about post-draft doings, which teams excelled, which teams sucked, all of that stuff about the 2022 NFL draft, which is now in the rear view. Next up, it will be rookie minicamps and eventually summer training camps. That's what's on the docket for the NFL, and that is our source of topics tonight's post-draft aftermath. Our sponsor is BetOnline.ag, and our partners at BetOnline continue to be the number one sport, uh, source for all of your betting needs and sports information. Find all of the latest sports developments, including updated odds on the NBA playoffs, fights, and even next season's futures. Don't forget the baseball's back, too. Who do you think will win the World Series? If you've got a good answer and it can make you some cash, go wager on it at Bet Online. Bet Online is your continued source for all of your sports wagering needs, including live betting in your favorite Vegas casino and poker games. It's super easy to get started, so head to the website today and use your mobile device to sign up and use this promo code BLEAV. That's our gift to you, BLEAV. Believe to receive 50% off your welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. NFL Trend Zones post-draft edition. The draft is in our rear view, so we're going to talk about it and pretty much only it this evening. Our first little nugget to discuss is a, a humongous panel, by the way. I should start by having everybody that's new introduce themselves. Steven with the, with the Chicago Bears fandom, a legendary backdrop there. Who are you, sir? And tell us about your fandom. Yeah, so uh, my name's Steven. I'm 30 years old. Um, I live in what you would call South Central Wisconsin, so um, near the capital city. Bonus points for any of you guys who know what that is. Madison. Uh, <laughs> so um, I'm a coach. I coach multiple sports, you know, just, just kind of how I expect my kids to play multiple sports. You know, I do the same thing. So um, I'm a diehard Bears fan and avid collector, as you can see. So that's kind of my... Kind of my intro. That's kind of what I do. Amen. All right, Jonathan, give us, uh, you were on a couple weeks ago. Give us a brief uh, recap about your bio. Yeah, I'm John. Uh, you can stick to John. Um, I got a podcast now started based on the um, uh, the feedback I got from the last time I was on with you guys. So big thanks to you guys for that. Oh, hell yeah. Uh, Wes, Dustin, Jay, you know. You all did me some big uh, a big favor by letting me step out into the water and get get my splash on. Um, I'll be forty in a week. Uh, big four zero uh, from Chicago. Big time Chicago sports fan, Bears fan. Definitely bear down all day with Steve. I don't got all the memorabilia, but I do got a pillow. So, <laughs> um, yeah, that's that's about it. I, I I talk shit about the Packers and bear down. Yeah, that's how you got admittance on here. When I heard that was in your tool set, I was like, all right, he's he's good to go. And I, I just assumed Steven had that in him too, because uh if he's a Bears fan living in Wisconsin, I'm sure he has to fend off a lot of the bullshit. 
oh, yeah. in the middle. Dude. Oh, yeah. That's a necessity. <laughs> yep. All right, La, let's talk about this draft. Let's identify a team's draft class that you loved, and then about five minutes, eight minutes, ten minutes after that, we'll go through one that sucked. Uh, so let's see. Wes, a, yes, sir. A, a, a very astute draft brain. Give me a team that you were like, wowzers. They, they know what they're doing. Uh, I, I went a little off reservation on this one. I, I figured uh, a lot of people would say, uh, the Ravens or the Jets, um, who had fantastic drafts, uh, both of them. Um, I'm going to go with my my Minnesota Vikings, a little uh, Homer Dome <laughs> right now. Um, I I don't think they got great value on that first trade back, but at the same time, at the end of the day, when you look at it, they turn their their first two picks into four potential starters uh, a year from now, two of them possibly this year. But I, I think um, whenever Harrison Smith and uh, Eric Kendricks decide to hang up the cleats, um, they have two potential replacements right behind them as well. Um, and then I, I love our fourth rounder, uh, Caleb Evans, uh, defensive back from, I think it was Missouri. Yep. Um uh, I, I've watched a little tape of him, um, but I just like the person that he is. The The last three days I've seen some of his his tweets and, and whatnot. He's already started a, a charity organization for uh, the Minnesota community. So, I, um, you know, kudos to him for for just jumping out and, and getting that going. Like he hasn't even signed a contract yet and he's already doing stuff for the communities. And he's so. got the bunnies, right? Yeah, he has the bunnies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, I don't. I think he has them as pets. Yeah, and so yeah, he just seems like a wholesome dude. I'm gonna go on a limb, Stephen, and say that you're not gonna compliment the Vikings draft class. So, no, that wasn't that wasn't who I was going with. No. Uh, well, I will mute you. No, uh, tell me. You know, I, I want to see if mine survives. Five humans. Let's see. Let's which which draft class do you particularly love? Uh, so looking over some of the draft grades that some of these uh, pundits out there had. Um, a lot of a lot of good grades out there, like you said, Ravens, Jets. Um, I'll just preface this by saying Kyle Hamilton was probably one of my favorite players in the entire draft. Tyler Linderbaum, great player. Um, so maybe you think I'd go Ravens, but I'm going to go Jets. Jets, what they did in the draft, Joe Douglas. I mean, a plus. That they got my vote. So you know, I think I think they would have everybody's vote if the four letters associated with them wasn't J-E-T-S. I think we, there's just a way that they're going to bone it up <laughs> because they have that logo on their helmet. I think I, I think I speak for the entire group and maybe the planet that says if this was like the any pretty much anybody else within if the Steelers did that. I mean, we'd be building statues already. And yep. so I, I, I think if, if, if nobody else mentions the Jets, um, I think that that's the only hesitation is that they're going to find a way to be Jetsian about it. Now, maybe this yeah. is a turning point. We shall see. They do have a smart head coach and Robert Salah, Saleh, however you say it. Um, but let's see. The other Bears fan, John, uh, what's one that caught your eye? One draft class. I'm going to stick with the uh, uh, AFC East, like my man uh, Steve over there. <laughs> uh, try to get off the beaten path. Like y'all said, everybody's you know, raving about the Ravens and and <laughs> flying about the Ravens. Jets, if you will, uh, all puns intended. Um, I'm gonna go with the Buffalo Bills. Uh, 
simply because they're pretty much a complete team. They just, you know, have to fine tune certain things. I think they lost uh, Cole Beasley. They lost um, Emmanuel Sanders, too. So two slot players, you know, two veteran good guys, you know, in the locker room, things uh, that can uh, really help in that uh, stabilize that receiver room. And they they picked up uh, Khalil Shakir in the fifth round. You know, people were saying he should have went a little earlier. Maybe it's our Bears. You know, all type of different other holes or, or, or teams that he could have went to. I liked uh, the second round pick in James uh, Cook. You know, their backfield has been inconsistent, you know, with Singletary and Moss. It, um, you know, they they can, they run pretty well, but I think their main back is Josh Allen, obviously, you know. Right. Then they uh, they picked up, uh, trying to say his name correctly, if I butcher it, I'm sorry, first round pick, Kalir Elam. Uh I don't know if you all know, Tredavious White is still kind of out and recovering from the ACL tear. So that was a big time pickup. And then once he gets back, boom, he can flip to the other side and be a running mate. So, and then obviously, you know, our Bears, we we missed Pat O'Donnell. We we picked up a punter, but it wasn't the punt, the punt guy. <laughs> that was, I thought we were going to get the punt guy. But the Bills got them. So I, I think they want to draft on just simply getting the point, the, the punt guy. So. <laughs> so and they used that fifth round pick from uh, Chicago to grab Shakir, too. So helped them out <laughs> a little bit. Nice. All right, Jason, give me a team as you scoured the NFL draft that impressed you with their class. You know, I I, I like I like the I like the Lions draft, uh, but I can't I can't get away from the Jets draft. I mean, that that. That might have been the best first six picks I have ever seen a single team make. Um, and, and to your point, you know, yeah, if it wasn't the Jets, it just, you know, everybody would be raving about it. It, it to me, it felt different. It just, it just felt, it felt like whoever was in charge really knew what in the hell they were doing this time. <laughs> um, and I, I, I just, I mean, well, they got like six. God, they got. Their first six picks were absolutely amazing. What they did in the first round, you know, we've seen this before with teams like the Raiders did it a few years back and they they squandered it um, when they had the three that in the first round. I just think that they did a marvelous job. Hopefully it can pan out for them. Um, and I like Pittsburgh's draft, too. Um, mainly, though, the reason I like that is they got the SDSU quarterback on their team. So from Brookings, that's where my kid goes to college. So I got a okay. kind of a good plug for kind this, of a good plug there. So <laughs> for a show that has a national scene, uh, SDSU is South Dakota state, South University. Dakota state, not San Diego state. Yeah. <laughs> South Dakota state. And then, well, they actually sent uh, another guy in the draft that Pierre strong. I think he went in the fourth yep. round. Patriots. I'm not sure. Patriots. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yep. they had a pretty good team. They're getting better and better by the year, but yeah, I got to stick with the jets. Um, and I, I think good things are actually coming for the Jets. All right. I, I left you till last, Cody, because I thought you'd steal mine. And I'm, I'm going to give you a chance to do it. Who's yours? <laughs> I was looking over these earlier, and it, I couldn't get past the Kansas City Chiefs. Ah, I dang mean, you. That is mine. I knew <laughs> that was going to happen. You know, I, I got Trent McDuffie. I would have been glad with him at 12. Oh, man. Um, you know, uh, this might have been outside the box, but I would have been happy with the Greek freak, George Karlaftis at 12. Uh, Sky Moore, I wouldn't have been surprised if he was gone by the time the Chiefs picked in the first round. They got him at 54 in the second round. 
got Brian Cook, who I think he could have gone at the end of the first round if those safeties would have gone sooner. And then Leo Chanel, they didn't even need a linebacker. And they're over here drafting this guy. I think that he should have never made it out of the second round. They got him at pick 103. The Chiefs knocked it out of the park. Um, then what their last fourth round pick, Joshua Williams. That's another guy that can start on the outside. So in my opinion, they got six dudes who should be starting at some point this season. And I don't think enough people are talking about that. But I also love Baltimore and the Jets as well. I was living comfortably in denial until YouTube came around. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And this was so predictable because uh, it's one that I, w- I was enamored with from, you know, uh, right after they got Chanel from Wisconsin, I was like, all right. Um, and I guess I'll spin off of it by saying that somebody in that building recognized that we need to be more balanced um, because we're, we're not getting the job done with this surefire hall of fame quarterback. We should be playing February football every year. Um, but they, they came up to that cliff where they're going to have to pay Hill and Mahomes. There's no, it's not some big coincidence that the juice of Mahomes' contract's kicking in and they jettisoned their big playmaker. So now they've got, you know, Sky, Sky Moore, who's going to be Tyreek Light and for his sake, hopefully better. But they've, they've, they've got the memo that every year the Chiefs start off first eight weeks, defense sucks, horrible. And then they get better. And then they get pretty good for the uh, playoffs, and then it's not quite good enough. So I think what they did with everything you just said, Cody, uh, that's the one aside from the Ravens that I'm. I was like, yeah, okay, because the Ravens, okay. the Ravens just nope. had these dudes fall onto their lap, and now because they went there, it's like, oh well, they're going to be Hall of Famers. And they they just sat there and let Sky Moore fall all the way to them. I think we had like what Tyquan Thornton went before Sky mm-hmm. Moore, Wandell Robinson. And I'm just looking here at some notes. He broke a FBS high 26 tackles last year. I mean, if you wanted the next best thing at Tyreek Hill, maybe 25 million cheaper, it's probably Sky Moore. And it's kind of reminiscent of when, you know, you let talent go somewhere to like play with Brady or something like that. I can't believe we just let Sky Moore go to Pat Mahomes in the second round. Yeah. It's insane. All right, let's go back up the snake here. And before anybody else steals my thunder, I'm going to go. And I only have, <laughs> I have two reasons for playing. Okay, this is, I should preface this. The the team that you were like, what are they doing? What was the worst draft class in your estimation? And I'm going with the New England Patriots for two reasons. Uh, because even though Cole Strange might be unbelievable, you could have got that guard in round two or three. And I don't care if he blossoms into the next big thing. He could have been ascertained with a trade down. And then my other continued plug that I'm going to give here is that for some reason, the world, generally speaking, thinks the Patriots just draft marvelously. They don't. They find undrafted free agents marvelously, but they don't draft very well. Go look at the likes the Seahawks. Seahawks don't draft very well either, but we just assume they do because they're a sound organization. Uh, but the Patriots, they always do goofy shit in the draft, and for some reason we give them a pass, probably because they always win Brady-led Super Bowls. So I got the Patriots mainly because they stretch for a guard who they could have gotten round two or three. Cody, is yours the Patriots? No, it's not. Mine's actually the 49ers. All right, let's hear it. <laughs> so uh, I got the 49ers. My biggest thing is they're missing the draft, the early draft capital from Trey Lance trade. And they go out in the third round and select LSU's Tyrion. Sorry if I butchered that, but that's some Game of Thrones stuff right there. Tyrion Davis Price. And uh, I mean, there was two more safeties that they could have had that I thought were second round talents right there in the third round. You thought that maybe they'd go in there with emphasis on tackle. You got Trent Williams at 33. 
Mike McGlinchey's going to be a free agent next year. And then their center is also going to retire. And they didn't address any of these positions. And then you got Greg Kittle, who missed time last year. They have nobody behind him. And they, I definitely thought they could have at least gotten a project to tie in, you know, maybe not assume that Kittle's going to miss any time. But someone that they could have learned behind him for whenever his contract runs out as well. They selected and brought in zero tight ends. Uh, really, is just you'd think that that Shanahan scheme would provide an advantage on the running back supply and demand, be, being able to plug in anybody. But they keep investing these high draft picks, and it's mind-boggling. Jason, your disappointing draft class organization. Well, I, you know what? I don't really, I, I, if I were going to choose anybody just by looking over some of the grades, it probably would have been the Niners as well, or to your point, the Patriots. Um, you know, I didn't know a whole heck of a lot about this draft to make a full, honest assessment on it, especially I tuned in late. I was all over the place that night and there were so many trades and different things going on. I didn't know who was good fits with who and who wasn't. And there was a lot of teams that had no first round picks, a lot of teams that were drafting two and three times in the first round. So, um, but I would say probably the 49ers and to, to Cody's point. Yeah. I mean, eventually you got to get another guy in there behind George Kittle. I mean, he's hurt for at least five, six games a, a year. I mean, I don't know, but yeah, I, I, that's, that's, that's who I'm going to roll with as well. Oh, uh, let's see, Wes. I think the other ones that were tapped, I don't know if it was universally the Cardinals. Who, who else do you have? Uh, I have the Washington Commanders. Okay. Um, I felt that they reached uh, for Dotson, the first round wide receiver. Uh, there were arguably um, other better graded wide receivers available with that pick. Um, they went defensive tackle in the second round, which is already an area of strength on the team. And then in the third round, they drafted a running back, which is also kind of a strength on the team. So I <laughs> no idea really what direction they're going or what they're doing. Um, well, they have Carson Wentz. So. They, that's what, that's what they put their faith in at the beginning of the se- uh, of the off season. So that, that should tell you all you need to know. Right. <laughs> Yeah, so oh, we got a Daniel Snyder special from Wes Johnson. Uh, John, what do you got? Uh, I'm going to head over to the NFC West. Okay. Uh, the Arizona Cardinals. <laughs> that first round was baffling. You have the 23rd pick, and you traded for Baby Yoda's college running mate, Baby Yoda's Kyle, Kyler Murray, if y'all didn't know. You know, the memes with... His twin, uh, Kyler Murray's twin is Baby Yoda, uh, for Marquise Brown. And a draft full of, well, pretty much top-heavy with pretty good wide receivers. Mm-hmm. And, uh, still some left that could have been had in the first round. I know it was a big run in the first round. But that second round was wide open. People were trading back, like like uh, Jason just said. They were trading back, getting extra picks. They could have traded that first round back a couple of times, possibly. And, and picked them up. They had a second round pick that they used on Trey McBride for uh, as a tight end. No one was rushing to get tight end, you know, like like uh, uh, Jay and uh, said about uh, George Kittle. He could have went. Uh, he could have went to the 49ers for, for some help. Nobody was really rushing and looking for a tight end like that. So they could have used either the that first round twenty third pick on a 
on the wire receiver. I understand why they made the move. You know, a couple of days later, uh, the news came out that uh, Hopkins was being suspended off the, I believe, PED uh, suspension. So they they definitely need a, a high flyer, a, a high producer at that position. But they could have went young. You know what they they have? They just lost Kirk. Uh, they lost. Uh, I mean, they have Green, but he's a grandpa by now. So they could have had a nice young guy in the first round. They could have traded back that 23rd pick and got an extra pick and still got a receiver, something to help their defense because they collapsed in the second half of the last year. Um, they could have added two or three more picks for that defense. They don't show up in the playoffs. They need a difference maker and a playmaker, and they decide to get Brown and still have to wait on Hopkins when they could have had a much younger, cheaper version of Brown or yeah. even bigger. I wonder if that wasn't maestroed by Murray. I know quarterbacks have a lot more power these days, but it feels like it would have been something like, uh, we'll talk if you do this. And they're Didn't like, yeah, Brown already right. agree to a contract too extension. Or was that, um, AJ? That was AJ. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. The guy that was tr- <laughs> traded like what? 12 minutes after for. <laughs> yeah. They have, they have, they have uh two years cost control on, on Marquise Brown. So oh, yeah. it, was a, it was a decent trade. It still puts them in that, you know, cheap option. But they could have had two more years with a, a young, maybe 20, 21 year old, six foot two, six three speedster or something. And, you know, uh, Thornton or, or somebody like that, or Watson, or, you know, and, and yeah. the Ravens uh, definitely fleece the Cardinals. I mean, I don't think anybody else is going to give up a first round pick for that type of production he's been doing on Baltimore. Exactly. So, I, I mean, think- Baltimore win in the draft in more ways than one, really. Arizona is going to have they're banking on the idea that Kyler Murray can get more out of Hollywood than Lamar Jackson could. And yeah. maybe maybe that'll work because it's not necessarily a run first offense, but it should be the air raid. Gosh, damn it. <laughs> yeah, different type of offense. <laughs> yep. All right, Stephen. Uh, let's hear yours. One draft class that made you scratch your head. All right. So I like this. We all had kind of different teams. That's good. So um, admittingly, this team didn't have many holes to fill. Um, coming off a Super Bowl win, right? But the question was, is did they get better or worse during the draft? And I think the Rams got worse. They definitely didn't get better, in my opinion. So the Rams, they didn't have a top 100 pick. And their first draft pick was a was a right tackle from Wisconsin. Shout out, right? I'm cool with that. Logan <laughs> Bruss, good player, good player. Played right tackle at Wisconsin. He'll probably be a guard in the NFL. He's probably not going to play much year one. Um, does that make your team better this year? I don't know. Jacoby uh, Durant, Quentin Lake, Darian Kendrick. I don't think any of these guys uh, necessarily put fear in the hearts of the teams that they're going to be playing this year, right? So some good depth, but did this draft class necessarily help them get better? I don't know. I don't think so, not in my opinion. So um, did they get better in the offseason? I Possibly, but when you're the Super Bowl champs, it's kind of hard to uh, get much better, right? So that's who I went with. What nice. do you, what do you generally speaking, Stephen, think of the Rams' strategy of trading their first rounder every year? Um, you know, Super Bowl to show for it. Do you think they'll have to pay the piper at some point, or do you think this is a new trend the league will emulate? I hope not. <laughs> um, <laughs> You know, the way the NBA is going, the way the MLB works, you know, the NFL is different in that sense. And I like when, you know, 
for example, my favorite player, Brian Urlacher, right? Drafted by Chicago, played his entire career at Chicago. Uh, unfortunately, it didn't end the way we wanted to. He wasn't able to get re-signed, had a chance to go somewhere else and chose to just retire. 13 years with Chicago, chose to retire instead of going and playing somewhere else, right? So I'm kind of, I wish it was more that way still. I wish that guys I, and teams as well had the loyalty to each other that they used to have. Um, I, I don't see, I can't see in the future. So I don't know what's going to happen with the Rams salary cap situation and things like that, but it's not something, it's not how I would build a team. It's not how I, you know, I, they're getting the wins. It's working for them now. Um, but do you trade one or possibly two Super Bowl runs for whatever else is to come? I don't know. Yeah, it's it's tricky business because they they can always point to championship and say it worked. It's almost right. like the LeBron James experience or experiment in Los Angeles. Like it will never be nullified because they have the 2020 title and it can't be taken away. Um, but I think on the whole, you're correct that uh, it's it's whether or not a general manager thinks it's smart to mortgage the future for a one hit wonder. And in your, in your estimation, it could be a two hit wonder. And it seems like they're poised again to make a run. But at some point, I think the bottom has to fall out like any type oh, yeah. of, any type of yep. leveraging. All right, Jason, the, uh, the Broncos, I think you famously said had, what was it? Four picks in the top one fifty or some sort of stat like that. What did you think of their draft class? I thought they did. Okay. You know, um, George Payton has, again, like I said, and I've mentioned a several times. I wasn't too familiar with people in this draft class as I otherwise would be because we weren't drafting any time um, in the first two premium rounds. But, you know, George Payton, I got a lot of faith in that guy. So I just sit back. I trust anything he does. And I just kind of watch. And then he drafts these guys that I've really never, I don't know a whole heck of a lot about. And in some cases, I don't know anything about and then so I Google, uh, YouTube these guys, you know, stat, uh, highlights, and I'm like, geez, I don't understand where he got this guy from and where he found this guy from. And, and you know, and that even was the case last year in the draft. I didn't know much about Javante Williams until mm-hmm. he decides to trade up to get him. And then I watch highlights of this guy. looks like Nick Chubb. Um, so he had Big the best fan. draft class last year as voted on by his peers and the NFL I, I mean, I like it. Um, I think he, we filled some good holes, but a lot, I shouldn't say holes, added a lot of depth because um, we didn't really have a whole lot of holes. So I, I was pleased with it and uh, we'll see how it turns out. Wes, give me some of these trades that you enjoy. Oh, oh, one more yep. thing. Mm-hmm. Greg Dulcich looks like Weird Al Yankovic too, I got to say. <laughs> oh, I to, oh, no, Can right. I just add one more thing onto, onto the Broncos? Yeah. So they're, you know what their problem is? They play in the AFC West. Yeah, that is a problem for sure. But I'm excited for it this year. And that's that's exactly why I like their first pick. Nick Bonito, that guy is made to rush the passer. He can't he doesn't have any run defense, but Denver, there's really no better place in the league for him to go because he doesn't have to be out there on all three downs getting exposed with Bradley Chubb and Randy Gregory. I mean, there's Nick Bonito is going to be getting after that quarterback. Well, and Malik awesome. Reed and Aaron Browning, too. They're deep at that position. Yeah, but it's, but, it's but again, <laughs> Greg Dulcich looks like Weird Al Yankovic. Yeah, yeah that's that awesome. was a surprise to me because he's he's kind of a move tight end. I thought Albert O was going to take over that role. But Greg Dulcich, he's, he's a very good pass catcher, that's for sure. Super yeah. athletic. 
right, doesn't so. look like he'd be athletic at all. <laughs> yeah. He reminds me of Mark Andrews. <laughs> all right, Wes, when you're done Googling Greg Dulcich for his doppelganger, <laughs> uh, tell me which trade or trades you enjoyed um, other than other than the Vikings ones that you evidently warmed up to. <laughs> oh, no, I, I still didn't like the... <laughs> The first one value from a value standpoint. But, yeah. Um, the trade I really liked was the, the Eagles getting AJ Brown. I, I thought that was a home run. Um, and that was, wasn't even the, the first, first round trade that they made in this year's draft. Um, they had also traded um, one of their three first round picks to the saints for um, a future first, which um just very intelligent drafting and um, taking advantage of the situation by Howie Roseman in that essence. It sets them up nicely uh, next year. I think they have two ones, two twos, and maybe two threes. Um, but getting AJ Brown, uh, of course they have to pay him, but they can afford to do so with Jalen Hurts still on his rookie deal. Um, I like the AJ Brown deal. John, give me a trade that raised your eyebrows in a good way. Uh, I hate to do the Homer thing, and I know we're going to touch on this, so I'm not going to go too deep into it. But I, I got to love the, the day two, day three trade back in, uh, or trading back that uh, that Pose provided. Uh, it looked kind of bleak. It, it looked kind of bleak at first, you know, to the main or or to the – I guess, casual Bears fan where mm-hmm. the first three picks and it was like, ah, we only got a handful, not even a handful. We only got like two or three left. What are we going to do? Panic mode. But then he started just hitting the trade button like it was mad and all of a sudden and just getting all type of picks like it was fantasy football or something, like it was <laughs> dynasty mode or something. And we ended up, we started with six, ended up with 11 picks. And I'm not going to go over the names because we're obviously we're going to go over that later. But to turn six into 11 in your first draft after everybody's, I don't want to use the bad word, but poop emoji insert there <laughs> all use over the your draft, all over your draft, all over your off season. And then you, you all of a sudden boss mode it and, and get trade back, trade back, trade back to add value. And, uh, I, I love that. That, that really lit a fire under me. And I, and I felt like he's, he's practicing what he's preaching and and he's he he's building a roster solidly, like he said, you know, not using financial or going through the uh, free agency, but building through the draft. So, and hopefully doing it in that cheap CN way because they can do no wrong as of the last five years. Stephen, what do you got for a trade that made you go, oh boy, that's a good one? Uh, I'm gonna bounce back to the Jets, Joe Douglas. I mean, jumping back into the first to get Jermaine Johnson. I mean, we know their their first two picks possibly wide receiver one, most likely cornerback one on a lot of boards. Um, but then to get possibly the best pass rusher in the draft as well, uh, or pro ready pass rusher. Right. So, um, I mean, that's awesome. And then they kept their second rounder, grabbed the best running back in the draft as well. I'll, I'll just keep jumping back to it. I mean, they had a great draft and I mean, that's all there is to it. Like, like you said earlier, I mean, it looked like they actually knew what they were doing. It didn't feel fluky. It didn't feel like they kind of lucked into it. Uh, they had a plan. They filled holes, and they they got 
four four plus starters. I mean, guys that are going to contribute right away and uh, make an impact. That whole roster looks looks brand new from two years ago, and the attitude's definitely shifting. Uh, the Jets won't be bottom feeders for for too long, I don't think. So, uh, good draft. I love it. It sounds like they'll have, in your estimation, a brown shift from being, you know, silly and laughed at for quite some time to, you know, winning a playoff game. Yeah, hopefully for them, longer lasting, though. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, we'll see if Stefanski can write the shift there in Cleveland. Cody, I know you've got a juicy one, uh, trade that is. Uh, let's hear it. Uh, what a good segue, because I'm also doing the Jets. Uh, I thought it was really awesome. I'm going to focus on the Brees Hall pick. Uh, while I actually don't like the Brees Hall pick, I think there's definitely some bigger needs than running back for them. You obviously can't hate on it too much because Brees Hall is a stud. And, you know, they could be in the same shoes at the Coulter with uh, Jonathan Taylor just a year from now. Uh, but I do like that they worked with the Giants to move up um, to jump the Texans at 37. So they just tossed in a fifth round pick, moved from number 38 to number 36. I thought that was very good awareness, thinking that the Texans are probably going to pick up Brees Hall because at that point, a lot of us thought he was probably going there. And uh, the Texans having the – I mean, the Jets having the wherewithal to jump the Texans with the Giants, that's not something you're used to seeing from that organization. So that definitely is probably one of my favorite trades. Sometimes, more often than not, I should say, Wes and I have uh, interconnected brains, and this is another example. I picked the A.J. Brown trade because, unlike my little speech about the Rams trading away draft capital, if you do it with purpose in a draft, a singular draft, you're getting guaranteed value in A.J. Brown. You don't have some big question mark because, let's face it, all these first-round guys, half of them will turn out to be good. Half of them will not. Plain and simple, there's no disputing it unless this draft is the one outlier in NFL history, which it won't be. So they went and gave up commodities to get a guy that can be a WR1 immediately on, I think it'll be September 11th. That's when week one is, or what is it? Yeah, September 11th, I think it is. And they went from two years ago, you know, being laughed at for passing on Justin Jefferson with a wide receiving core that was garbage. And now they have A.J. Brown, Devonta Smith, who's good. Uh, Greg Ward's still there. He's decent. Jalen Rager, the verdict's out on him. Zach Paschal and Quez Watkins. So now it's like if one of them gets hurt, it's not that big of a deal because, you know, eventually A.J. Brown will be back when he gets healthy from whatever injury it might be. But they they strategically did a Rams-like maneuver in trading first-round draft capital, but they did it once. And as Wes commented, they also kind of hedged their bet with the trade with uh, New Orleans. So uh, now they're formidable. Like Hertz has people to throw to, whereas two years ago, you never even had to worry about them. It was fantasy hell because they sucked. So what do you think is the difference between the Eagles doing that for A.J. Brown and the Cardinals doing that for Hollywood Brown? Uh, because AJ Brown isn't Hollywood Brown. AJ is the superior Brown. And if, <laughs> if, if Hollywood all of a sudden is good, then, then it's a big, like, Oh, Oh, okay. It's an epiphany with AJ yes. Brown. It's automatic that unless Hertz is an imbecile, he's going to have 1200 yards and eight touchdowns. But here's the thing going from a run heavy offense in Tennessee to a run heavy offense in Philadelphia is much different than going from a run heavy offense in uh, Baltimore to yeah. pass heavy in, in, uh, Arizona. So I think that's the one difference. And I think, I think, uh, Brown without Hopkins is going to surprise some people and do his thing out there. So one of yeah. my biggest buys in fantasy football is Marquise Brown for sure. 
Is that was, bef- before or after the steroid suspension? It was before. I was actually messaging Wes telling him to accept this trade he had sitting in his inbox. <laughs> oh, and no going to Arizona, you have to take it. He, he, Marquise Brown is who Christian Kirk wants to be, in my opinion. <laughs> and Hollywood Brown <laughs> wants to get paid like Christian Kirk. So yeah, he does. Yeah. Yeah, he <laughs> wait, a minute, wait, wait a minute. Is this, is this segment sponsored by UPS? What can Brown do for you? <laughs> like th- th- Brown has taken over the segment. What is going on? But no, Andy Frisella, no Christian. Uh, Andy Frisella. Not at all. Started Andy with Isabella. your poop emoji. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I even talked about the touché, Cleveland Browns. Touche. I even had the Cleveland Browns mention. Um, yes. <laughs> the uh, let's let's see here. I'm trying to think on. Why don't we why don't we pivot to the Bears stuff in case we run out of time? Uh, yeah. I want to, I want the Bears savants. There's two of them on here. Wes and I don't like the Bears, but just that's fair because you guys don't like the Vikings. So I'll start with you, Stephen. Um, give us. So I guess there's there's debate on whether or not uh, this draft was a good one or a lousy one for the Bears. Whether or not their depth chart is offensively capable. So break it down in your glorious Bears man cave there, sir. All right. So I'm I'm giving uh, Ryan Poles in his first draft. I'm giving him a, giving him an A minus. So um like like John said earlier, I mean if if you're stuck in the bubble and you don't step outside and actually look if you hadn't listened to what Poles said prior to the draft and you didn't look at the holes that they needed to fill um, you might be coming away asking why they didn't draft the top tier receiver and so on and so forth. Cause that was the one target that everybody was dead set on that. They were going to get one of those guys. Um, but polls had a plan. He stuck to it and, um, I'm a fan of it. So he got two first round talents. Um, a lot of uh, both those guys, Kyler Gordon and Brisker were mocked in the first round at, in a lot of mock drafts, right? Um, I, in, in my opinion, I don't know. I didn't see their draft board, obviously, but I think Christian Watson was probably on their board. Um, Ryan Poles has a, has a type, um, athleticism off the charts, right? So that's kind of what he went with throughout the draft. And I think once went Watson went, um, he went with his next, next targets, right? So that just happened to be defense. And, um, I think we got guys that are going to start right away. Kyler Gordon opposite Johnson Brisker next to Jackson. And now last year, everyone was complaining about the secondary allowing almost two touchdowns a game, right? Second, second highest in franchise history. So uh, we fixed that and then people are still complaining. It blows my mind. So you got to build a complete team. You can't, you can't make it lopsided one way or the other. Sure. They didn't get their, they didn't get a top receiver talent, but um, you know, I, I, I could go on about that. That's next year, right? The window doesn't open for, till next year. So we have time, we'll have money and that's fine. I think throwing more darts at the dartboard, right? More shots on goal towards the end of the draft, turning three picks into, into eight at the end of the draft is great. Um, you know, we know they're not all going to pan out, but when you take more shots on goal, you have more chances to strike gold. So um, I'm a fan of that. A lot of the guys you drafted were high upside guys, athleticism guys where they're hoping their coaching staff can develop them, get something out of them. Um, and that's just what it is. So the big one I think everybody's talking about is Valus Jones, right? So um, he, I think he's going to be a fan favorite by the end of the year, right? So 
he's a speed guy. He's a burner. However, he creates separation. He's not a perfect route runner like Chris Olave, right? Um, and that, that was kind of the target that people wanted, but um, he's a yak guy. And I don't think you can teach yak. You can teach route running. You can't teach running after the catch as much, in my opinion. So I think uh, the way the offense is going to look, I think they got guys that are going to fit where they need to. And it's just about building a full team rather than forcing picks like we've been doing for the last decade and it hasn't been working out. So Cole stuck to his plan and he's not listening to the noise and he's following through with it. So I'm a fan of it. Before I get to John on the wide receiver topic, I want to point out to listeners, whether it's the Bears or any team that is a wide receiver needer, you still have a, a little smorgasbord to choose from in free agency with Julio Jones, Jarvis Landy, Landry, Will, Fur- Will Fuller, T.Y. Hilton, Cole Beasley, Emmanuel Sanders, Odell Beckham. Who am I missing here? D.D. Uh, Westbrook is decent in the right situation. So it's not like uh, there aren't options on the free agent wire in case the team would like to get richer. Uh, in the WR room. All right. So John echo your partner's sentiments here in this, this bears world that you guys live in or, or tweak it a little bit. Uh, Steven, thank you so much for taking over Valus so I can go into the fans complaining about the two defensive picks. Need we remind you because the pictures are burned into our heads of Cooper Cup burning three defensive backs by 10 to 15 yards on a deep ball. Need we remind you of Aaron Rodgers, Aaron bleeping Rodgers, constantly taking the top of, sorry, I almost wore, the top off our freaking defense every time Discount double checking, running down the field, claiming he owns us in the end zone because our secondary is trash and gets burnt consistently. Physically, they're able. Mentally, their discipline is trash. Trash. Jackson needs a running buddy. Brisker is that running buddy. He can cover it in the pass game, deep or shallow. He can come up and hit over the middle. Uh, he's disciplined. Uh, he's a striker in the run game. And then you got Gordon. This particular tandem of, of Gordon and Johnson, and I may be being a little too far-fetched and going crazy, but this could be Tillman Fuller all over again. Yuck. Think about that. <laughs> Think about that secondary where now you can slow down the offense. You can get takeaways. You got strikers that love to tackle in Gordon and, and, and Brisker that can get takeaways, fumbles, and, and get you a shorter field for fields so that then he's not stressed out trying to run, run a full 80, 90-yard drive. And your secondary isn't getting blown the cover off, and it's not 38-3 to three by halftime. So that's what I appreciate about this draft. I, I really thought about it. It shocked me too. I'm sure it shocked Steven when we heard the two, the two picks. Obviously, they're great players, so that wasn't the problem. It was just everybody wanting wide receivers and expecting wide receivers, especially with all the, the crying and complaining. But I like our wide receivers. They're pros. 
that's what I like about them. They're pros. Uh, they've they've had success in 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 some shape or form in getting into the end zone. More in in uh, in Pringle, they can get into the end zone. They can shake you and get clean. You put Bayless Jones in the middle of all of that. It's in it. Everybody's speedy. Pringles is pro- Pringle is probably the slowest one. So you got Bayless running all over the field. It doesn't matter if his route running is is crisp. If he leaves a, a, a linebacker that's assigned to him in the slot or a nickel that's trash, he's not he's not out there with your one and two cornerbacks. Our cornerbacks, however, would have to stick Watson. And I can see him doing an old Randall Cobb straight beeline down the, the scene and burning us again. So I appreciate those two draft picks. And of course, yeah. obviously, the, the offensive line additions, like Steven said, throw the darts at, at, at the offensive line. One or two are going to stick. And as long as they're competent and, and, and listen to the coaching and, and, and I believe he every one of those offensive linemen were per the scheme. So they're perfect for the scheme. They're not perfect for the name that you wanted. They're perfect for the scheme, zone running, et cetera, et cetera. And, and the, the movement that that uh, Justin Fields is going to be partaking in. in the, so I'm not really worried about that. I think Fields is going to enjoy not being in a shootout every weekend also. So that helps. Big time. Big time. Yeah, I actually liked y'all's first three picks. Kyler Gordon, Jaquan Brisker, and Bayless Jones. I mean, uh, Brisker reminds me of Chris Harris who used to play for y'all. Kyler Gordon's like a peanut Tillman. Uh, I, I hope he doesn't good. remind you of Chris Harris. He lost us a Super Bowl. Bayless <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jones Jr. reminds me of Cordero Patterson. If everybody was privy to the type of player Cordero Patterson was, he probably would have went about right there. So, I mean, like you were saying, as a number three receiver, I didn't think about it like that. I gave mm-hmm. them a D on that grade, thinking that they were looking for the future. But, I mean, if you put it like that as a return man and a number three receiver, I think people probably are probably giving that one way too much heat. And you know, and, that, real, and real quick, like Steven said, it, it puts it, it gives us a perfect opportunity to wait for next year. The, mm-hmm. We have all our picks. You can add one or two top-notch elite receivers. I'm okay with taking a step back. We were six eleven. How much of a step back do you really think we're going to be at? And if we do take a step back, we get a high pick with all of our picks. I'm, I'm all for it. A guy like Terry McLaurin will look real nice next year if he decides not to resign. So that's 121 uh, million reasons to wait for next year. Yep, yep. <laughs> the uh, the Velas Jones the Velas Jones pick, uh, Cody and Wes can appreciate. That guy is guaranteed to score some quirky touchdown against the Vikings. Um, no, even if he turns out to be mediocre, he's going to do successful things against the Vikings because that's how it works out. On the topic of fans saying, what the hell are we doing? Drafting defense. Uh, I could tell you where that usually comes from. And I just know this from dealing with Vikings fans or just NFL fans in general, is that when you have a team like the Bears or perhaps the Steelers that is known foundationally for defense, there's always the assumption that they're good on defense. But last year, that was false. Uh, I remember scouting each team while the Vikings played them last year and tweeting, there's a misnomer that the Pittsburgh Steelers are just fan- fantastic on defense. Nope. They were like 24th per defensive efficiency EPA per play. And the same thing happened with the bears. You just think because they're the bears. Oh, they got the linebackers of you know forever that they're good on defense. No, they're not 
guaranteed to be good on defense each year. And they were not just like the Steelers last year. So I think a lot of the frustration comes from stereotypes that we have. Well, why are the bears picking a defensive player? They always do that. Well, they needed one. And I think that's why they chose to, you know, get better conversely to what some fans wanted for a flashy playmaker. Jason on the topic of inter or not interdivisional, just flat out division trades. The Vikings orchestrated a couple of those controversially. They did two in back-to-back nights, one with the Lions, which was like, oh, okay, they never threaten us too much. But then they followed it up the next night with the Packers trade and handed them Christian Watson. Do you philosophically think it <laughs> is stupid to trade with divisional foes, Jason? I, I don't. I honestly don't. I don't. I've never understood why why it doesn't happen more often, to be quite honest. I mean, I I don't see anything at all the uh, problem with it. I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, the Packers got a little bit better for it, you know, but it's it, do it, do it. I mean, if you want to do it, I mean, Let I don't counterpoint that. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to be the GM that gives you a superstar player for the next five years that comes back to bite me multiple times a year. I, that's not a risk I want to take. If I can't make find a trade partner with one of the other 28 teams, 27 teams, whatever it is, 29, uh, I'm not I'm not doing it. I'm not yeah. I'm not even I don't help my rivals out. Call me and then would it, Well, but then, then you, could, you, you could do the flip side of that. Dustin alluded to it on the uh, earlier on the show. I mean, it's just as equal of a chance that the guy's not going to be good either too, right? It's going to, you know, it's a hit and miss. Um Yeah, it's all he, risk reward and I, I don't want I'm not risking it. I'm taking my chance with the other 29 teams and yeah. and uh, calling her a day if I can't make it happen. I, I thought it was I thought it was you know kind of brazen and kind of badass to be honest. <laughs> well, yeah, the, to play devil's advocate there, I think that uh, I think that you got to just focus on drafting for your team. Don't try to draft for your division rivals too. Be worried about who they're going to pick. But also, I have a theory that with the two added playoff slots recently, you might see more of those divisional trades because. Winning the division is is it's not as important on your trip to the Super Bowl as it used to be. Uh, you can get in. Yeah. There's seven teams from each conference that get into the Super Bowl. I mean, into the playoffs each year. Only one of them gets a bye week. So I mean, really, you're shooting for that bye week as a division winner. But it's much easier to get in the playoffs than than it used to be. So I wouldn't be surprised if people cared less about the division going forward. The maybe Quasi will set a precedent, but the the problem is at least um, aesthetically is that the burden of proof lies with the seller. So if the Vikings traded, they gave the Packers Watson, and they in return got uh, Andrew Booth and Lewis or Brian Asamoah and Ed Ingram. If if Watson turns out to be a run of the mill wide receiver who gets six hundred yards per season, nobody's going to care. Like, we're not going to look back and be like, oh, look, the Vikings got three defensive players and a guard. They won that trade. Um, But you will look back on it if Watson has 1,300 yards and 15 touchdowns in years one or two. Uh, It's just it's it's the optics. If you trade for a splashy playmaker, the, the most fans don't get into the stuff like we do. All they know is the Vikings handed the Packers. Christian Watson. And in five years, it'll, it'll be swept under the carpet. If he's just a run of the mill wide receiver, uh, we'll know about it. But right now the world's pointing at, Oh, the Vikings are aiding and abetting their division foes. And they're getting uh, just Ro- Rogers. Look at Rogers will contribute to making that look good too. So yeah, we we'll uh, only have to worry about that for like three years. Before once, he's <laughs> yeah. One thing real quick, speaking of Rogers and Watson, what if, I know he's getting paid bank, 
What if he hangs it up within the that rookie contract? Who's a, who's a replacement? What if Watson takes a a slow rise, like yeah. like 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 was just suggested, six hundred yards, eight hundred yards the next season? Then Rodgers is like breaks another collarbone for the eighty eighth time of his his career, which yeah, yeah. you know we don't wish injuries, but we're glad when he's out. I'll say that. <laughs> yeah. So now you got love in Watson. Vikings win that big time. Yeah, yeah. Any injury or any reason for him to miss multiple games, a season, or retire, and you just got Jordan Love, because you know they're going to be at least middle of the pack. And if Rodgers plays maybe twelve games, they'll probably be drafting later on in the in the first round. It it it, it doesn't look good if it's Jordan Love. So yep. that 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 could backfire. That's the, that's where I, the way I see it. But on night one, on night one or week one of the NFL draft, people don't look that far in advance. They're not. That, oh, absolutely. Not that nuanced no. or smart, or they don't want to have patience in the digital age. Wes, take us off. Yeah, I do have one question before Wes chimes in, though, about mm-hmm. this. Since we're since you know we are talking about it in in the Vikings when they did it, it did shock obviously a lot of people. Um, how often has this happened? 2008, Matt Flynn is, for John David Booty. Those are the picks that were swapped. For interdivisional of, teams. No, for Packers and Vikings. <laughs> oh, but yeah. but I mean, interdivisional teams in general, because it doesn't happen often. No, or does it? No, I mean, it's not, you know, absolutely unheard of. The Vikings, through deals with the Lions, got Daniil Hunter and Everson Griffin. Oh. Um, um, but yeah, it, it, it's, 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 it's taboo. You're not supposed to do it. And, you know, Quazy's saying, well, we're going to try it anyway. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's not like God forsaken or unheard of, but I love that attitude, though. But, we'll, what, we'll but when that. it's two primary <laughs> fo- when it's two primary foes, like, you know, the Vikings and Packers consider each other, um, then it's risky business. The Lions, nobody gives a shit about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Give them whatever. Wes, take us off air with division trades. What do you think? Yeah, I'm I'm not against it. Um, you got to. Do what's best for your team. I uh, can't be looking in the rear view. That's how you know you wind up crashing and and wasting you know, everything you're trying to build and everything you're trying to to get towards. Um, in terms of the trade with Detroit, um, they moved up. They get Jamison Williams, argu- arguably the best wide receiver in this class. Uh, if he didn't have the ACL injury. Uh, speaking of the ACL injury, though. Uh, that happened on field turf during the national title game. Uh, the risk of re-injury of an ACL um, goes up uh, if if you play on field turf. Guess what Detroit plays on? <laughs> field turf. Guess where else they play um, once a year? Minnesota, which also uh, has field turf. So that's nine games that are going to be played on field turf at least uh, if we factor in um, the every other year extra home game, that's 10. Um, that's not good news for Jameson Williams and his knee. Uh, and then he'll have to go over to Chicago and play on some sand, won't he? <laughs> exactly. Oh, nice. we'll, take it. we'll take it. Hey, hey, I'll say something about Detroit real quick. At the press conference, he didn't look too happy anyway, so he may pull right an A-Rock. He may pull an A-Rob and, and loaf it, so won't be an injury risk if he's running it four yeah. miles an hour on routes. Good, yeah. good. We'll take it. And then in terms of uh, the trade with the Packers, uh, 
Yeah, I, I echo what Jonathan said. There's no guarantee that Rodgers will uh, play out those next three years. Uh, the Packers aren't very um, heavy on playing rookie receivers anyway, uh, so we might not see much of him uh, this year. And I believe uh, he sat out last year, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and yep. Yeah. yeah, so I I mean you, you have a guy that hasn't played football in a year uh being drafted high in the second round and it, it expected to come in and know the nuances of an NFL offense coming from you know North Dakota State. I I just don't see him making an immediate impact. So burn the first year with him and, and Rogers and maybe you'll have uh two years of uh some type of pro- production between the two so i i think the risk was well worth um the reward uh, as i mentioned earlier i believe the vikings have four potential future starters uh two of which will be tasked with covering those guys so um you know you meet fire with with fire yeah and those are lewis seen and andrew booth that will if he gets that good they'll have to deal with watson at least twice per year all right hey, so so yeah quick. Sorry, sorry, Dustin. Who else do the Packers have to throw to, though? So Watson may not be able to get get that giddy up because people scheme him yeah. out the out. What, what do you have? Tunyon, you have Cobb, La- Lazard, Lazard, whatever his name is. So, <laughs> like, he's Sammy gonna Watkins. Have... Oh, wow, I'm scared. <laughs> Super scared. Sorry, go ahead, Dustin. <laughs> uh, no, no, it's taking us off the air. We hit the hour mark. Um, yeah, when uh, whenever Stephen, Jonathan, you guys get the it- itchy trigger finger to come on chat, you hit Wes up, and we do this every Wednesday night. As for NFL trend zone, any any final final words from the group? I got one. The yeah, best intra division trader of all time, the Patriots. New England compensated, traded for Belichick from the Jets for a first. They gave up a first for him. That's a win. They also <laughs> traded from the Dolphins for Wes Welker for a second. Mm-hmm. And then they traded with the Bills, sending them Drew Bledsoe. And they ended up having to start some scrub after that. <laughs> <laughs> of course, it would be New England, though, of course. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so they're better at trading than drafting. <laughs> yeah, there's no doubt about it. All right, gentlemen, we'll talk to you next time. And that's all we got for tonight. Later. Good night. Later. guys. listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube